0: Welcome to Healing the City Podcast. My name is Adrian Crawford, and today I have my brother-in-law, Mark Crawford, here in the studio with me. Welcome, Mark.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: If you have been listening to the podcast, then you know that I interviewed Mark, and it aired, I believe, last week, and we talked about his childhood growing up in Nogales, Arizona. So I highly recommend that episode if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, but today... We're going to take a little bit of a turn. For those of you who don't know, Mark is one of our pastors. And so one of my hopes in in doing these episodes was to really give our listeners and people at the village a snapshot of what his childhood was like so that you can be asking him about it and learning more about it because I think it's a really fascinating um, childhood growing up in the third culture. So Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So let's start there. So let's back up to um, kind of where we left off, more or less, as a child growing up. For people who don't know, let's just um, regroup them and giving them a picture of, of the border and how you had a life in Arizona and a life in Mexico.
1: Yeah. So I grew up, I really, I've been thinking about this for like a week, trying to figure out how to, I think the best way to illustrate it is um so there's this idea so i there's this idea of saudade have you heard the the term saudade uh uh-uh, no so it's a portuguese word okay and it, it doesn't really have a good translation okay um it kind of means essentially it's like the longing for something that's lost okay um, even if you never had it even if it's something that you never had okay so it's it's the longing for something that's lost that that and um when I so I grew up in in Nogales because my parents moved there from from Michigan and I grew up on on both sides of the border and when I graduated high school there was this part of me that thought like I I need to find out where I'm from mm-hmm. so I went to school in Michigan mm-hmm. in the town that I grew up in well that I Spent five years, my first five years. In it.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a university there, and I went there. And, I mean, it's a good school. I had a hard time. And my first week there, I went to a lunch. And it was the third culture kids' lunch.
0: Okay, because at Spring Harbor University, a lot of missionary kids yep. attended the university because they gave scholarships to missionary families, right?
1: Yes, and there are some like international students, Okay, people who were in free Methodist churches uh-huh. in other countries. Sure. And so there's this third culture kid lunch and I went my, the first week cause I'm a missionary kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat down at the table and they kind of, it was the first week. So they went around and had people introduce themselves and talk about where they were from and stuff. And it got around to me and I said, they, they asked me where are you from? And I said, well, I'm, I'm a missionary kid. My parents were missionaries in Mexico. And they said, Oh, well, where did you, where did you live? Mm-hmm. Where 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 are you from? I said, well, Nogales, it's right on the border. And they said, oh, it's on the border, like of, of the United States and Mexico. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, where did you where did you go to school? And I said, well, I went to school in the United States. Mm-hmm. And the lady looked at me, and I, it's this like burned in my memory. It's this thing that she said, I don't know if you belong here. Oh wow. So. This is like the third culture kid lunch. This is the right. place for people to belong who feel like they don't belong anywhere. Totally. And she looked at me in my face and said, I don't think you belong
0: here. Wow, that's really painful.
1: And it it's something that actually happens a lot. Uh-huh. Because, so the traditional, when you talk about third culture, people maybe don't know it.
0: Right, yeah, let's is. break that down. Uh-huh.
1: So the idea of third culture is, you live outside of what you would expect would be your culture. So you have one culture at home. Okay. And then you have another culture when you leave your home.
0: Okay. Essentially. Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it's often um, like military kids, missionaries, um, and, and immigrants. Okay. So um, a family moves from Mexico to the United States, mm-hmm. their kids go to school. In the United States, they go to high school um, at an English-speaking high school. So at home, they speak Spanish, Mm -hmm. and they have this like Mexican culture, and Mm -hmm. then they go to school, and they speak English, and they're in this American culture. Right. So you have this, in the one person, you have this mixing of these two cultures, so it becomes this third culture. Right. And what it often gets boiled down to, and I think what this lady's understanding of it was, is that... It's it's about language.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if I went to school in the United States, then my schooling was in English. Okay. And so I'm speaking English at home. I speak English at school. Therefore, I must not be third culture,
2: mm.
1: essentially. But what's unique, I think, about my story and really the story of my siblings is... I'm hitting the table. <laughs> I not hit the table. Is that... We sort of grew up in this space of usually you have one culture at home and then you go out and you have another culture. Okay. But we had what I grew up with was in my house we spoke English and mm-hmm. it was very a Midwestern culture. Mm-hmm. So we had Midwestern foods, Midwestern way of interacting and relating mm-hmm. and relationship with mm-hmm. my parents and my siblings,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and then with my my grandparents when they visited so we had that and even among the missionaries some of the missionaries were from the midwest so we had kind of that same when we got all the missionaries together we had kind of that same thing right but then when i went to church and when i when i went with my parents we, we went to mexico mm-hmm. and so i was in mexico speaking spanish and going to church in in Everything that comes along with that being in people's homes. Right. Eating tacos tacos. and
0: Sonoran hot dogs. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And then I also, though, had the border culture. Okay. Which I went to school in the United States, but it's, I went to school in the United States on the border, Mm -hmm. which is something that's just so completely different than what you would expect most people. When they go to school, they go to school and everyone most everyone looks like them. Sure. Or at least talks like them. You know, in at in su- on some level.
2: Mhm.
1: And I I actually saw a picture, one of my siblings posted a picture of us on the first day of school in uh-huh. 1994. Uh-huh. And I've got my Bean Elementary School t-shirt on uh-huh. from my school in Michigan, but I'm going my first day of school in Nogales. Uh-huh. And I went and I sat across from two kids who didn't speak any English. Uh Uh-huh. And I was an outsider from the first day. Sure. So there's these.
0: And you forget as an adult how lonely it is to like to leave your parents, to go to school. Like that's a big break in, you know, an experience for a child. And then, okay, well, you're going to make friends and you're going to have a great day at school and you get there, and it, how do you make friends with someone who you don't speak their language or know their culture, right?
1: Right, and we talked about, we talked about in the, in the first one, the, in, in the last one that we did, we talked about this idea of, like, when you're little, you don't need language to play together. Sure. But in in Mexico, I was the missionary kid. Right. There was no expectation that I spoke the language Mm-hmm. We just played together. Right. At school in the United States, I was the kid who spoke English, who right. could read English. Mm-hmm. I was the kid who didn't make spa- didn't speak Spanish and couldn't be involved. Like, there was a sep because I didn't speak Spanish and because my English was so good, mm-hmm. because I had spent, I didn't go to the second year, second half of kindergarten. I stayed at home with my mom. My mom taught me how to read and... Right, right. So I, I was already ahead academically, academically ahead. Academically ahead. Totally. Of most of my classmates. Yeah. So there's a separation. Yeah. So I'm naturally I was naturally the kid to to pick on. Sure. So I spent Because you're the one
0: to like conquer, right? You're the one yeah. to beat.
1: Yeah. and I, I just had a leg up sure. naturally. Mhm. And So it's not just like, oh, we're getting together and we're going to play together. Right. Like it's school and there is... School is different. School Mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if, if, you know, some of the kids I went to school with, if I had met them at church in Mexico, it might have been different. Right. But I didn't.
0: That's right. It was totally separate.
1: So I think there's there's an element of like, I have a culture at home and I go into this other culture in, in Mexico, but then I also like the culture on the border town in the United States is completely different also. It's not Mexico Mm -hmm. and school is in English. And so it kind of created this no matter where I was, I was in a different, different culture and a different thing to figure out and Mm -hmm. a different space to try to engage with. Yeah. So I never felt like I belonged.
0: And so that's something that you carried with you to college and then you go to this meeting and you're like, okay, maybe I can, maybe others have this shared experience of not belonging and then this teacher or whoever was in charge of the lunch meeting is like, no, not here either.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, I think there's just a misunderstanding. With her. Uh, with yeah. her. I think sure. she just didn't understand, like, the perception is, oh, you go to school in the United States, they speak English. Like, there's not an understanding of how different the culture is on the border. Sure. Um,
0: and a few questions holding some curiosity would have helped guide her, yeah. you know, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So did that experience in that luncheon affect the next um, few months and things at Spring Arbor? Like, how did you leave that meeting? Did you stay?
1: I think I stayed for the rest of the meeting. Okay. But I didn't go back. Okay. Um, so I never went back to the meeting. Uh, I actually found... I think it really drove me to find a place to belong Mm -hmm. there, which was hard. um, Because, like, that sense of something that's lost, like the saudade, like... It's lost. Like, I maybe I went back to Michigan to find out where I was from, to find out um, who I would have been. Mm -hmm. But that that person's gone. Mm. It's not there. Mm -hmm. And because of my story and because of, like, the third culture and stuff, I can fit in anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of was trying to find a place where I felt like I belonged. Okay. And so I I mean I did a lot of different things in Spring Arbor. I went to a instead of going to the main church where I actually had some relationships, I went to the um the Spanish Church plant.
0: Mhm. And the relationships at the main church would have been relationships that you'd had when before, I was little. Yeah, from when you were little and and relationships your parents had maintained over the decades.
1: Yeah, and the 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 at the Spanish Church Plant, uh-huh. the guy who was the pastor there uh-huh. was the um, or assistant pastor, uh, one of the founding people. He was the son of one of the the missionary families mm-hmm. that was in Nogales when we first moved there. Um, oh wow, Gladius Roller. Oh okay. So uh-huh. it was I. There was someone there, right, who had some understanding of my story. Sure. And knew who I was.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and the, the guy who I went with, who I became really good friends with, um, had the opposite story for me, where he moved from Mexico to the United States when he was five, so his parents could be church planters in the United States. Oh, wow. So we had this, like, so we became really close. Me sure. and my friend Jay. Uh-huh. We became really close because we had sort of this opposite story, but. It really became like a shared experience, sure, so in the church plant, I found people more or less who who understood my story better than this the third culture lunch experience, sure, um, which may if I had stuck around and tried to explain everything, may have turned into something yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I who don't knows? know who, who knows?
0: knows absolutely, so. Obviously, we could spend a significant amount of time kind of going through the journey of, you know, all the different decisions that you made that got you to the village. But eventually you ended up, you know, at the village. Um, So let's go ahead and pick up there and talk about, you know, some of that, like third culture, never belonging. And then also, um, when did you first start coming to the to the village?
1: I started coming in 2012. Okay. Okay. So it's been almost eight years.
0: And was Caroline coming here at that point or she wasn't coming? She
1: wasn't. Um, she graduated in 2012. Okay. My sister, Caroline. Okay. Graduated in 2012 and okay. came for a little bit. Before that? No. The, after, after that? After that. Okay. Uh, that fall when she okay. came to school at the U of A. Okay. So she's on the belonging project from that year. It's the decoupage that's up on the on the wall in front in the sanctuary. Oh, okay. She's actually in that belonging project. Wow, look yeah. at that. Yeah.
0: So you show up at the village and can you talk a little bit about that experience of
1: Yeah. Well, do you want to go from from Spring Arbor to the village or just talk How
0: however you want to take us there.
1: So I spent I spent 1 year at Spring Arbor. Uh-huh. And school and I don't get along and I was depressed and I had not found a place that I belonged at. And um, so I flunked out mm-hmm. and came back to Tucson because there was work here. I got a job at Starbucks. And for three years, I was in Navigators mm-hmm. and working at Starbucks. Okay. But I never really belonged in Navigators for lots of reasons, some of which were I wasn't going to school at the U of A. Mm-hmm. I was taking classes at Pima and, and the Navigators, Navigators is, is a, a it's a parachurch organization. It's a it's a ministry, college ministry, uh-huh. um, and it's a ministry at the U of A, not at Pima. Sure. So I wasn't really a student at the U of A. huh. Um, and on the weekends, I was going home every weekend to Mexico.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So every
1: weekend when a lot of my friends were hanging out in Tucson and and getting together, I left. Sure. And you made the hour drive. Made the hour drive, went to band practice in Mexico, played at church on Sunday, hung out with my friends all day. Um, and that was the, the, when I was 20 and I was driving 20 kids around in a suburban every weekend and around Nogales, Mexico. Okay. Um, so that was that period of time. And, um still kind of living in these very two two different places mm-hmm. neither of which like I didn't really belong in either place I wasn't really building relationship with friends in Mexico because I wasn't there during the week sure to get dinner with them to hang out and I wasn't really building relationship with friends in the, in in Tucson with the navigators because I wasn't here on the weekends sure I wasn't here when people were not in class and building relationship and so there's and I wasn't in church. Mm-hmm. So there's these two spaces again where I didn't belong in either one and, and felt that tension. Okay. Um, and eventually I got tired and I went to Houston for a year, um, to work at a church there and that, um, fell apart and then I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't have a degree. I had fairly limited job experience. I had worked at Starbucks for several years and, and world market. And and I didn't really have anywhere to go or really a purpose. Mm. I think coming out of that, coming out of Houston, what God had said was you're going to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how that was going to work. I didn't know where I was supposed to go. I didn't. So I spent like six months on the, on the couch at my parents' or coming mm-hmm. up to Tucson. I started taking classes at Pima again. Came up to Tucson, slept on my sister's couch, um, and just didn't belong anywhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I felt like I couldn't. I had nowhere to go, and I didn't want to be back in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really stay in Nogales because there wasn't really necessarily a place for me there. And I had a, I had a job offer in Wisconsin, but that was complicated, and I just didn't know where to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I, I had listened to a sermon one time where the guy said, When you move to a place, you should find a church. And go there for a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't try to leave. Don't try to to to. Just just build relationship there, mm-hmm. and it, the only reason you're going to leave is if there's some kind of like heresy, like some sure. kind of like awful thing that they do or whatever. Like if, if the music's bad, the preaching's boring, and no one ever invites you over for dinner. It doesn't matter. Just mm. stay there for a year. Okay. Because we bounce around so much, right? Absolutely. And that mm-hmm. was what I had done mm-hmm. was I had, I I went off to Spring Arbor, but I wasn't really in Spring Arbor. I went to this other church that wasn't in Spring Arbor. And then when I was in Tucson, I was in Mexico and Tucson and going back and forth. And then I had never really settled anywhere and just said, I'm going to be here. Mm. And so at the be- in January 2012, I... In in December 2011, I talked to my pastor in Mexico. I said, I'm going to move to Tucson. I'm just going to be there permanently. I'll come down sometimes, but I just need to fi- be in a place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so in January 2012, I decided I'm going to visit three churches.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to pick one and just go there for the whole year. Okay. And so in the morning, I went to a church with my friend. It was a Spanish-speaking church. And that was nice. Uh, it was it was fun to be there, and then in the evening that week, um, my brother and sister in law were visiting from Detroit.
0: <laughs> Yours truly,
1: David and Adrian, and they really wanted to go to the village. It just happened that they were there that week. They were going to go to you guys. You were going to go to the village. I keep saying they. You were going to, going to go to the village uh-huh. to visit. Um, what.
0: Month was this January. Okay,
1: it was like right after Christmas. Okay, I think you, I think what happened was you couldn't come over Christmas, so you came like sure the next week. This
0: is 2012, mm-hmm. okay? Yep, mm-hmm. and so all the kids were here. Yep, uh, yep.
1: So we came. I said, Well, that'll just be one of the churches that I visit since they're gonna be here. I'll go there. Great, and so I went there. I, ca- I came to the village. I all my pronouns are all. <laughs> That's right okay. I came to the village uh-huh. and I remember standing. We we always sit at the village. Uh-huh. right? During after the sermon, everyone sits and listens to the music and sings along. But for the most part, everyone sits and mm-hmm. goes up and takes communion. Um, and then for the last song, we stand up. Mm-hmm. And I remember s- going up and taking communion and then coming back and sitting down. And I was standing sitting and david was standing right next to me and he looked down at me and he said oh we always stand i don't know why because it's not what everyone else does <laughs> he said oh we always stand and so i stood up next to him and everyone else around us was sitting down and here i am standing next to my brother like all right <laughs> okay here we are and um but i remember looking over at david and just seeing him take so much joy in being at the village uh-huh and i it just was special uh-huh and i never tried a third church
0: huh i don't think i know this story
1: so out there somewhere is a church that i'm actually supposed to be going to <laughs> 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 um no, but I never went to a third church. I, I just I kept coming to the village. Mm-hmm. And um, a few weeks after that was Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I sat and watched the Patriots in the Super Bowl and sat next to Elliot. And Elliot, Eric's son, talked to me about the Patriots for three hours. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And, yeah, because uh, you love sports. Because I love sports. Uh-huh. And here's this kid who's just like talking to me about yeah, and he was little. And he was little. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: he was like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it was. It was a. I don't know. I never. I never went to another church there. I mean, that story goes on. Sure. To to some other stuff. That I don't. I don't know if we should get into right now, but I really, it was what what brought me to the village and what kept me here was seeing. The joy that that David felt at being mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and
0: did you feel like a connection because he was part of your culture and like and you trusted his happiness would be something that you could experience? Was that it, or or can? You,
1: I think it was feeling like he had been here mm-hmm. and and had not. Had not been trying to leave. Mm -hmm. Like when when you left to go to Detroit, it wasn't what you wanted to do. No. You wanted to be here. Right. And feeling like this was a place that was longed for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I was looking for, was Mm -hmm. a place that I would really long to be at and and want to be at and not be trying to run away from. Yeah. Yeah. because I don't belong anywhere. Mhm. I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I mean even I mean there isn't there's an element of being here now where I don't feel like I belong sometimes. Mhm. And I but God has rooted me here.
2: Mhm.
1: And that's been a really special thing. Yeah. Um and a really rare thing. Um so it's it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun.
0: What do you think is the message that Jesus has been speaking to you about that idea of belonging? And how do we know if we found a place where we belong or how do we know if we should stay? You know, I guess that's like so many questions. So, is there something that Jesus has offered you in, 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 in that sense of belonging, in the truth of your belonging versus maybe how you feel.
1: Yeah. I think... I think it is... There, there's a... There's a choosing to belong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: because a lot of people come... And feel like they don't belong at our church, right? Or maybe at any church. But our church is, it's much more intentional. You're going to have people come up to you and ask you lots of questions and want to know about your life. Um, And so you get a very uh, clear understanding, more or less, of who people are and what they do and what they're passionate about. And
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about belonging.
0: As a church. As a church. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And I, th- I actually think one of the things that I've thought about a lot is that, like, the third culture experience is becoming more extensive.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. But I think a- around the world where our cultures, because of the internet in a lot of ways, are becoming so interconnected mm-hmm. that... There's there's a piece of like, it's it's the culture's becoming interconnected, especially through the internet. But then it's also the 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 loss of a, a rooted family and place. People are moving a lot more than mm-hmm. they ever have before. Sure. To places like people rarely, up until fifty years ago, rarely moved more than a hundred miles away from where they were born. Sure. And now people are are moving so much more hmm. We've there's I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing, but we've lost sort of our rootedness in, in belonging to a place.
2: Sure.
1: And and so that experience of belonging anywhere of, of feeling like I don't belong is actually, I think, becoming more extensive mm-hmm. and talking about that as a church and finding a place to belong in community and in God. Mm-hmm. I think is really important and really healing. Sure. Um because we feel like we don't belong anywhere.
0: Yeah. So when you think about as a pastor um sharing that message of belonging and, and what it means to belong to the village, what would you say?
1: What it means to belong to the village.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean it's not easy.
0: Mm-hmm. What's not easy about it?
1: It's the relationship is hard. Yeah, people it, are hard. Intentional relationship is hard, and it's messy, mm-hmm. and you're gonna run into things that are painful, right? And I mean, you know, it's one thing at the village where we have a really wide variety of, of um, I mean, we have we have a relatively wide variety of theologies um, among the people who come to the village. We have mm-hmm. a wide variety of political views, mm-hmm. and you're gonna...
0: Parenting styles. Parenting styles. Food yeah, preferences.
1: You're gonna run up against something that, that pushes on you. Mm-hmm. And that the hope in belonging to a place is saying this isn't something, because I belong here, this isn't something that's gonna push me out. Mm. It's actually something that's going to make me think about myself and think about the other person and think about my relationship with God and allow myself to change because I belong here. Mm -hmm. Choosing to belong to a place is saying, I'm going to enter the mess and I'm going to enter the the uncomfortableness and I'm going to be in relationship with the people who it's hard for me to be in relationship with
2: hmm.
0: Yeah, it is, you know, and sometimes when you're listening to a podcast or something like this and we use those words of choosing relationship or the messiness of it, it can be maybe confusing of what that actually means. But if you're friends with someone and you don't necessarily agree with how they're raising their kids or what kinds of foods they eat or what they believe about scripture or what they believe about our political system, that comes out in relationship and can be really painful. If you believe one thing, and somebody believes something else, and it, you know, to work through that, and to say I'm gonna be a part of this and I'm not gonna give up on on it just because it's difficult to talk about it. That's really hard. Or to even just set boundaries of I'm gonna talk to you, but we just kind of. Uh, we don't talk about this particular theological thing because, number one, maybe it doesn't really matter, and number two,
2: yeah.
0: like our love for each other is important, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think you get to know someone, and then when you there's there's some thing, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's there's, a, there's always the thing, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And you find it out, and you're like, "Oh man, like, no, that's true about them." But this is someone I love. Sure. And so we 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 have a picture, maybe, of what people who believe that thing are like. Sure. And it's contradicted by the fact that here's this person standing in front of me who I love. Mm-hmm. And and that that's in- inherently going to push on what we believe is true sure
0: and one of the beautiful things that we get to do is really get to know each other here and get to know each other's stories yeah and once you know someone's story a lot of times you realize wow that's why adrian believes this way about this thing is because she had this experience in detroit for eight years and if you listen to the things that i saw and read about and experienced you wouldn't ask yourself as often why does she think that right just using myself as a personal example but it really frees us up to really love once we know some of the background of of the people here so that is part of belonging and, and part of belonging is not fitting a mold right it's not we're not a like oh if you like this kind of church you know
2: yeah, yeah. so yeah
0: hmm That's really, thanks so much for sharing those things. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to share before we finish up this episode? Anything that has come to mind?
1: Well, sometimes you ask people what books they should read.
0: Oh, yeah. Mark, do you have any books that you think we should read?
1: Yes. Which ones? I do. Or which one? I think one book that has had... uh, a fairly significant impact on my relationship with God. Uh Uh-huh. And I think in a lot of ways on my journey with belonging um, is The Table of Inwardness. Okay. By Calvin Miller. Okay. Where he essentially talks about this idea that there's a table in the desert and dinner has been prepared and there are two chairs and Jesus sits in one of them and the other one is for us. And we refuse to sit down. We keep wandering around the desert find, trying to find food and trying to find water. And here's Jesus sitting at the table just mm-hmm. waiting for us to come and engage with him. hmm And that, yeah, that's been, I, I like to actually quote it. Um when we do the confession time a, mm-hmm. at church on sunday mm-hmm. um where I like to say uh, confession is not repentance is not the exposure of our evil hearts mm-hmm. um, but a a turning inward in weeping agreement at our condition mm. um, with Jesus, yeah, um, so that book, I think if people wanted to read a book that's had impact on me, it'd be yeah. that book.
0: Absolutely, we'll put it on the website as well so that people can find it easily.
1: There's a lot of stuff on third culture too. Uh-huh. But
0: Yeah. You could do a lot of reading on individual things, but it yeah. it is that question of, are you in the desert? Are you searching? Because Jesus is there and he's put out a table of a banquet for you with the foods and the water that you need. And yet we're still looking everywhere else right I mean am I
1: yeah I think so reading about third culture uh-huh. has helped me understand myself and why I engage with people the way I do okay but reading the table of inwardness I think helped me understand God and the way he longs for me to engage mm. with him
0: that's really powerful so. awesome well thank you so much for joining me today and um, Thanks. we'll talk again soon I'm sure sounds good all right So, you've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Adrian Crawford. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.